1: This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock.
2: What's up, guys? Shane in North Carolina. Y'all seem to have an issue with eggnog, and I just needed y'all to understand how delicious eggnog is. I love the warm, slimy creaminess as it goes down my throat. A little bit of rum makes it delicious. It can be cold, it can be warm, it can be hot, it can have a little nutmeg on it. It's delicious. Y'all are crazy. First time I've had to disagree with y'all on anything.
3: Glory hole, motherfuckers.
0: Hey guys, this is Tucker from the Atheist in the Trailer Park Podcast. And you missed a little nuanced thing about Michael Savage's rant, which just shows how fucking crazy he is. The UN Charter specifically prohibits people from countries that have a permanent seat on the Security Council from becoming president of the U.N. So, unless Obama changed the charter of the U.N., there is no way in hell he could ever be president of the U.N. And as we all know, according to the right-wing nutjobs, the U.N. absolutely hates America. So they're certainly not going to change their charter to allow... Obama to be president of the U.N. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Toodles.
1: Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason.
2: Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is. No welcome, Matt. This is episode 193. This is the Return to Normal, Cecil. This is our post-Skepticon hangover episode. I think I'm still licking my wounds somewhat. (laughs) I'll
4: tell you, we put our drank on out there. That's for sure. Uh, We met some really cool people at Skepticon. First, we drove out there with David Michael from My Book of Mormon and had an absolute blast the whole time, the whole road trip. He's a really funny guy. Uh, We had a, a, a total hoot with him. We went out to dinner with him one night, hung out with him in the bar a lot. And then we drove out there and back with him. Uh, we just had a great time. We wound up meeting just a ton of people uh, that and that first and second night and just had an absolute blast just drinking and hanging out and chilling.
2: Yeah, I had a, I had a great time at Skepticon. Um, you know, it, the whole the whole reason we went out there, the whole reason that we went out there was just to go out and, and meet meet and greet some folks. That was really it. You know, we we definitely wanted to catch some of the talks, but I think those were ancillary for for both yeah. of us. You know, yeah. And we we treated them as ancillary because we mostly just hung out in the bar for two yeah. days, <laughs> pretty much. And uh, <laughs> my liver now has calluses. I know, as a result. Yeah. So, but it was great, and the people we met were uniformly just really nice people. Like everybody was super cool, um, except Cecil. I didn't like that guy. Yeah, but, you I, know. Know.
4: I wasn't a fan of Tom. We got the uh, we got a poster. From J.D. J.D. gives a poster.
2: Yeah, a Saving Christmas poster with the, the fucking smug, shitty eating grin of Kirk Cameron. Um, did you see, by the way, that that poster is a rip-off of the Last Action Hero poster? Oh, is it really? <laughs> Dude, Google right now Last Action Hero movie poster, and then it's the same exact poster. Wow, it's really close. It, like If you put them side-by-side, side, they're seriously the same poster. The pose is the same. He just swapped out a candy cane. You know, the only difference between
4: Kirk Cameron's movie and The Last Action Hero, which you are right, Tom, it is almost exactly the same poster. The only difference is, is that Last Action Hero actually has 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. Kirk Cameron's at 8%.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, did you see that he went went to his fans and was like, hey, you guys should fucking go to Rotten Tomatoes and try to boost this... You made a bad
1: mistake there. Yeah, it
2: didn't work out. You know, I, I will say, like, that's one thing you cannot do on social media. Like, you cannot right. shill your shit on social media. Like, when you put the fucking call out on social media, the fucking – however hard your fucking little fan base pushes, yeah, the fucking trolls love nothing more than a pushback.
4: What I, yeah, that, and it's funny because it did up, get up to 33% of people liked it for the audience score. Uh, but that still is not. It doesn't change the critic score,
2: right? Which is all anybody. It's all. What do you look at? I never look at the audience. I score. never look at the audience score either. Not because I think the critics are any better, but because I know that like there's a certain amount of people who just love going to the movies. You know what I mean? They could be like, "I watched a paper bag blow in the breeze," and they'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> fucking, that's American awesome." Beauty. I know, right? That was a plastic <laughs> bag, but still, yeah, ridiculous. So. But we had a great time at Skepticon. JD was great. Really loved the poster. We're going to hang it up here in Glory Hole Studios. When, uh, when I get it framed and hung up, um, I will definitely put a, po- a picture out there so um, everybody can see the, uh, the decorations. It's actually kind of cool, Cecil, because at this point, the only decorations in Glory Hole Studios are uh, fan-delivered artwork. Which is pretty awesome. Well, that and the glory hole itself.
3: That's demonic, everybody. It is absolutely
2: demonic. Well, the first story I want to cover comes from Right Wing Watch. um, And Brian Fisher is speaking up, Cecil. He's he's weighing in on the Ferguson controversy, the firestorm that has uh, swept the nation about the uh, killing um, in uh, Ferguson of Michael Brown by a uh, police officer. Um, And Brian Fisher says that Michael Brown was possessed by a homicidal demon.
4: Well, let's hear what he has to say. It's only a minute and 15 seconds. This is from Brian Fisher's show on uh, whatever, American Family something.
3: There was a point at which, when he's talking to the grand jury, that Officer Wilson said, look, this guy was so big, he was massive, he was inside the patrol car. And here's the analogy that he used. He said, the only way I can describe it is I felt like a five-year-old holding on to Hulk Hogan, I do want to point out that Brown was only an inch taller
4: than the guy in those police car i just want to po- I just want to throw that out there. I'm not saying anything back or forth, whatever, but I just want to say that he wasn't like he said he felt like he was holding on to Hulk Hogan. This guy's almost as tall as he is,
2: well, yeah, but I mean he wasn't as black yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs>
3: Uh, and another time he says, the only way I can describe it, it looks like a demon. That is how angry he looked. He comes back toward me again with his hands up. That's when they were scuffling in the car. He says, when I looked at his face, I didn't even see his face. I thought I was looking into the eyes of a demon. And I think the chances are very good that he was. I think at this point there was a demonic presence that was operating inside Michael Brown's body activating him, energizing him, driving him forward in this, uh, in this homicidal uh, rage. So when he says he looked like a demon, I think that's because it was a <laughs> demon. He was looking into the eyes of the demon <laughs> that was driving Michael Brown to do uh, uh, what he did.
2: You know, Cecil, so when he says it was energizing him, I can't help but think that it was probably monster energy drink. Because we all know that the monster energy drink, I mean, you've seen the video, right? Yeah, that's, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. a satanic energy drink. So what yeah. probably happened is that Michael Brown drank the monster energy drink, which was actually fucking evil Satan homicidal demon drink. But I Right, mean, yeah, yeah. Easy mistake to make, right? Um, and then, you know, immediately was just possessed by a demon and randomly attacked a police officer.
4: Yeah, they put like demium oxide in there. You <laughs> gotta Damian watch out oxide? for that. You gotta that's watch the out worst. for that. Yeah, that's I, terrible. I gotta be honest. When Brian Fisher says he was possessed by a demon, he was being nicer than most of the people on the internet, right? Because at least Brian Fisher thinks it was something outside of him and doesn't like resort to calling him a thug
2: or a uh, a shitty human being or somebody who deserved it. Right? It's it, it's impossible. It's impossible for any of us to know exactly what happened, right? I don't know what happened. Do you know exactly what happened, Cecil? I, I don't,
4: but I, uh, there's a lot of eyewitness testimony that is a little conflicting. But I certainly don't know exactly what happened.
2: But you know, it's amazing to me how many people claim to know exactly what happened, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, that's yeah. the thing is that like people speak about this with you know on both sides of the, on both sides of the issue, and I, I'm not even espousing a side at the moment. Um, I'm just saying that people speak on both sides of the issue with such incredible certainty as if they had some kind of like amazing prescience that allows them some kind of knowledge of the circumstances outside of what all the rest of us who are just like getting fed the fucking news reports would know. Um, And it's I mean, like that's every that's almost it's every bit as irresponsible as the Brian Fisher shit. We're just like, it was fucking a demon. Why? Because I fucking made it up. Well, okay. Yeah. That's great. That's not, yeah, You know, I think he was possessed by the spirit of Grand Theft Auto. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fucking, it's crazy. <laughs> like, you're just making shit up if you're going to say that shit. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people mistake what happened for a trial. I think
4: that because he, the guy had, gave his testimony at the grand jury, and I actually had to look up where the grand jury was this week, and it's actually... A grand jury is a parent of a baby jury, if, if it's like their father. <laughs> so it's colloquially known as Grand Joe, though. Right, grand Joe. <laughs> or you know, if, the, if the jury's really young, they call it JoJo instead. It's just JoJo. When you show up, they just bake you cookies. Yeah. Just like, oh. <laughs> they make sure you're fed well. Right. Uh, the grand jury is just when they, they take to see if something is worth actually having a full trial on so that's all they're doing they're not doing they're not espousing guilt or innocence they're just saying is there enough evidence to have a trial on this and that doesn't necessarily mean that what this guy said is 100 percent gospel truth it just means that they don't have enough evidence or the evidence in this case is conflicting enough where they don't think that they could get a conviction so they don't do it uh that's really all it's about so to say that uh, that this person's testimony who shot him, the, the, the cop who shot him's testimony is 100 percent true, is making an assumption. You don't know whether or not that, that testimony was 100 percent true. Right. Uh, I read the, the eyewitness testimony and it varies greatly and differs greatly from what the police officer said. And a lot of that testimony that is is by the eyewitnesses has some very similar threads in it that are very different from what he said. I personally think that there was it was convincing enough to actually have a trial. But, you know, clearly I think a lot of people thought that. That's why there was such unrest. But all of this, everything that happened down there and all the police brutality cases that we run into can be easily solved if cops start wearing cameras. There's no reason not to have it. It's not it, it actually protects the cops. There's Uh, I saw a a video one time where this cop stopped this woman on a traffic stop. Uh, She was doing the test where you walk the line. It's the drunk test. While she's failing it, she quickly slides her cell phone into her bra. She fails it. The cop takes her back to the police station. At the police station, the cop lets her use the washroom. Inside the washroom, she has a conversation with somebody, and the cop goes up and listens. He's still on a camera and a mic. Cause he still has body camera on and he can hear through the door. The woman asking what she can do to get out of this. And the person on the other end of the phone essentially tells her to fake that he touched you fake that he sexually assaulted you. So she comes out and immediately has a different story that he sexually assaulted her while they were out in the street. Well, the cop says the first thing out of his mouth is, well, we could go review the video. I recorded the whole thing on my body cam. And she immediately stops what she said. Oh, Sorry, I was fucking totally mistaken because
2: you have fucking evidence that proves that you did not touch me. Yeah, there's there's really no downside that I can understand. It's the same thing, though, that, you know, where they they uh, they started taping in in many areas. They started taping the um, interrogation rooms, you know, because there was there was a lot of allegations of police abuse within the interrogation rooms. And they started yeah. taping interrogations. And crazily, they started taping them, so only for certain types of investigations. Yeah, like murder only or something. Right, which I just think is like – I think that's kind of goofball. Like, what are, you, are you running low on data storage? Like, just yeah. tape them all. Like, it's, there's no harm in that. What? Just tape them all. We should, we should be videotaped. It's 2014. We have the technology. We have the ability to do it. I recognize that there will be costs associated with it, but there will be tremendous cost savings associated with it as well. And, you know, having evidence, having more evidence, more proof, um, more honesty into the system helps everybody in the process. And it, it helps, you know, if the police are actually um, out there doing good work for the citizens, they can demonstrate that. They can come and they they can get the buy in of the citizenry and say, Look we're out we're doing our job, we're trying to help we're we're you know pounding the pavement, trying to make your communities safer, and we have evidence and it's it's available for public review um and if that's not the case, then you know the same is true that the citizens in in an area in a community can say, "Look, here's evidence that the police are not working for our best interest. They're not out there protecting and serving um, you know the one of the things about the whole Ferguson mess that that kind of makes me crazy is all of the backhanded fucking racist bullshit that gets bandied about whenever issues like this come up and then there's you know some kind of social or civil unrest that erupts as a result and then you get this this backlash of of people you know saying like oh well you know it's burning their own town and looting their own stores and you know and I, and I just want to tell everybody like when i hear that it makes me crazy cuz it like rage is not rational. You can't you can't ascribe a, a rational response to something that begins with rage. And right or wrong, fair or unfair. I'm not even making that determination in this in this context. I'm just saying that when you get people together in a huge group and they are outraged and they are enraged and they start you know behaving in a way that is fueled by rage, you You are going to get irrational behaviors as a result that doesn't mean that those people are less than it's just that's just part of human nature that's just part of you know the unfortunate reality of being a social animal um, and an emotional volatile social animal and we are all emotionally volatile social animals um and to pretend that there's something sort of like unique about like black people or whatever that makes them like more prone to this kind of behavior is is the sort of like bullshit easy answer racist nonsense that doesn't push conversations about justice forward and they're 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 fucking not only are they just untrue and uninteresting um but they they hold us back from coming up with real solutions to social problems
4: and let's not pretend that you know the only people that happen to riot are black people um look at all the times that people have won sports championships or lost sports championships vancouver the hockey game a couple years ago it's not a it's not that only one type of person riots people riot all over the place and they do it all the time you you just you just happen to be picking and choosing the time that that this happens to be uh mostly black people outraged by uh, uh the community uh, the people in the community they're supposed to be protecting them are actually shooting them. That's it. Right? There's, there. I mean, I'm not going to uh, wave away either one and say that there's a good form of rioting, but at least one seems justified. Your fucking hockey team didn't put a fucking small fucking plastic thing in a net enough times. That's not a reason <laughs> to a riot.
2: Well, I, I thought that the that
4: the point of the church was to worship God, and the boy fucking was just
0: incidental. No, it's just the other way around. The point of the church is the boy fucking. All the other stuff is just busy work.
2: This story comes from the Star Tribune. Uh, Twin Cities Archdiocese sues insurers saying firms won't pay abuse claims. Like a bad neighbor diddling <laughs> the kids. Um, so it turns out you can't get um, terrible fucking person insurance. Like there's no rider for like. That's it. That's a shame, Tom. You really need it. I've asked for it. I've asked for it. They don't (laughs) offer it. Like those, like roadside assistance, no problem, sir. Replace your windshield, absolutely. Being a giant dick, nope, no insurance for that. No insurance for that. Um, But the archdiocese is suing eight insurance companies in federal court, seeking to require them to meet the terms of the substantial amount of insurance it bought to cover the type of injuries suffered by clergy abuse claimants. Um, and that's sort of unbelievable that an insurance company could possibly have a policy out there which covers the fucking bad actions. I don't think you can get – it's not the same thing as getting like an E&O policy. Like, oh, it was an error or an admission. yeah, or <laughs> no. a dude fucking a kid. <laughs> like, I don't think that insurance
4: exists. I think they were looking for error or emission insurance. Oh, Not emission. Nice. Yeah. They it's not like it's not like the priest is just walking by and slips on a banana peel and accidentally sticks his hand on some kid's pants. (laughs) You know, that's now that's an accident. Right. But uh, intentionally doing it is not an accident. And what do you have? What would they have to do to prevent something like that? Would they have to have like, you know how we have the signs that say wet floor? They would have to have a sign with a priest with his cock in his hand that says, danger, horny priest? <laughs> Why would you even presume that you could get such an insurance?
2: I don't know. How does that conversation work where you call up your your insurance broker and you're like, okay, so um, hmm, – kind of awkward even asking this. But this policy <laughs> yeah. does cover – if our employees fuck children, right? Like, I just want to... I know, I know, I know, I know. But really, I mean, like, they can fuck kids and you'll pay for it? Yeah, that's... Right. Yeah. You know, and then from this article, it says, um, those insurance companies can save the archdiocese from financial disaster. Really? You literally own a country. Financial disaster? (laughs) (laughs) Like, your organization has its own nation. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be fine. It has its own nation and national treasury. Right? <laughs> like, what are you talking about, financial disaster? Like, call fucking Mother Vatican and give them to fucking wire you some millions and millions of dollars. I know. You'll be okay. And I gotta, you know, too, like if you go out of business because you're fucking children. Like, if that's the reason you out of business and you're like, oh, we shouldn't really have to go out of business for that. It's not like you went out of business because, like, you made bad coleslaw. Yeah. Right. You're not like a fucking deli with, like, shitty recipes. You know, my dad used to own a sign company. Next door to the sign company was a deli. And the deli got, like, a bad shipment of celery. And they fucking made uh, food. And they delivered it to a catering. And everybody got sick. Like, everybody got, like, fucking salmonella. And the company went out of business. And it's fucking unfortunate, but it's something that sometimes happens. Okay. All right. That sucks. You know, I mean, didn't see that one coming. But like an organization that like purposely like hides moving priests around that have sex with children. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, man, what do we do to keep those guys afloat? I mean, your dick's not too big to fail. <laughs>
3: Lord.
2: This story comes from a raw story. Um, priest, uh, Pope Francis names U.S. priests who hid reports of abuse to be Vatican prosecutor of sex crimes. And, you know, you read through this and you got to wonder, like, is there anybody else? Like, did, like, are you seriously so low on options? You're like, all right, I know you've all hid priests. Who has hid the least number of priests? Oh, no. <laughs> Hiding priests is like a shell game right? for them. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's like the fox guarding the hen house, man. It's outrageous. Yeah, it's, An American like... Jesuit appointed by Pope Francis to oversee the prosecution of priests accused of sexually abusing minors allowed a Chicago priest to remain in the ministry for years after learning of his history of sexual abuse toward minors. Oh. Well, that seems
4: like a good idea. It, isn't that like putting – it? you said it was like the putting the fox in charge of the hen house – it's it's more like putting Fat Albert in charge of your chocolate bars, <laughs> or it like putting Pastor Manning in charge of your semen. Oh, you know, like your buckets of semen. Uh, you, you put, it put in that my guy lattes. in lattes. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> flavors up the
3: coffee. It's in my latte.
4: But uh, it's more like instead, it's more like the elderly woman at the nursing home who hides her own food.
2: <laughs> That's is more like it. Secreting it under her pillow, like it's just hiding priests. Yes, yeah, it's like it's like a whole, I, it's like a half a rotisserie chicken in here. How, how did you
4: even get? That? I'm not even I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> the guy winds up uh, shuffling priests around, like you said, and hiding it, and they put him in charge of it. I can't. I just don't understand. Is there no priests without any kind of record
2: at all? What? Is there nobody you could go to? I don't. I don't get it. I, I like seriously. That was like. I, I mean, I, I asked the same thing. I, I just. I have to think that at this point they're just like, all right, we got a problem. Everybody has done this. Fucking everybody in this organization. You know who should be in charge of overseeing the prosecution of priests? The police. Well, let me ask you, like Cecil, at at your job, who is the person appointed. To oversee the prosecution of kitty diddlers at your job?
4: Oh, uh, that would be. There's this outside institution called the police yeah. that We're, we We're, you know, use?
2: funny. We're outsourcing it to the same folks. Yeah. Yeah.
4: They're, they're a consulting firm that we sometimes <laughs> uh, consult with.
2: The best part is it's free. Yeah. It's you know, free so the, service. The price it's is enormous. right. Yeah. And they're a nonprofit organization. It's a simple, like, it's been a simple solution the whole time. Right, like this is not this is not like a a thorny issue. It's going to be tough to deal with. It's not a thorny issue. If you think somebody's fucking kids, call the police. If they're not fucking any kids, then they won't be fucking you know thrown in jail for fucking yeah. kids. Right? Did you see how much money
4: they paid out? Nineteen point six million to settle a a civil suit.
2: Yeah, you know I got it. I mean I I know you would disagree with this, but like. The church is systematically so corrupt in so many ways, it is hard for me not to see something like that and kind of celebrate a little because it does hurt them. And even though I make a joke about like they own a country, like they do own a country and they do have millions and millions and millions of dollars. But, you know, part of me kind of wants to see that organization really financially hurt or even bankrupted if they can't get this shit under control. I mean, get this shit under control. Get it, it, like this is these are not difficult problems for you to address. A zero tolerance policy toward having sex with children seems relatively easy to institute. Literally,
4: everyone else does the exact right? same there's, thing.
2: <laughs> there's nobody that's like, "Oh, we got some wiggle room on that one." Like, yeah, like you know, nobody's like opening up the new like new employee handbook and is like, "Oh, I you know, I was I was looking through this. How many kids can we fucking quarter three? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, no, <laughs> I mean, like, what if my numbers are good? Like, if if I if it's looking solid, can I get it like at least one, two? Like, what if it's a teenager? Can I? No, you, none of that, huh? You have you have
4: on your on your pay stub. It has vested and unvested children <laughs> that you can ban.
3: Abortions for all.
2: Very well. No abortions for anyone. Abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. Yay! So, this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Mike Huckabee. Abortion rights worse than the Nazi Holocaust. Gay marriage dooms America. This man was almost a president. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Like, this dude made a real solid running for the presidency. Wow, crazy. This You guy. want to listen to what he has a whole two
4: minutes
0: here yeah, on let's Right Do Wing it. Watch?
4: This is Huckabee uh, giving an address.
0: We wonder, with some sensible bewilderment, how is it possible that since 1973 alone, over 55 million unborn children have died in what should have been the safest place that that baby ever experienced, the womb of its mother? How did that happen? Because our pulpits were silent and forgot and failed to teach that every human life has value and worth, and there's no such thing as a disposable, expendable human being, that all of us are created equal, even our Constitution, our founders acknowledge that, and our Bible affirms it.
2: Well, thanks. I'm glad your holy book affirms it. Yeah, well, there you go. If as long as it's in the Bible, then I I really don't see how you can go wrong. The Bible affirms a lot of shit we don't do, (laughs) it turns out. (laughs) Oh, so you're saying that's not a book we actually take seriously anymore. Yeah.
0: And our failure to speak it because it was a political issue will cause us one day to stand before a holy God with blood on our hands and explain why we did not cry out against that slaughter of 55 million. If you felt something incredibly powerful at Auschwitz and Birkenau, over the 11 million killed worldwide and the million and a half killed on those grounds, cannot we feel something extraordinary about 55 million murdered in our own country in the wombs of their mothers? Does that not speak to us?
2: That little slow clap. Yeah, I was going to say there. the fucking applause is half-hearted. Yeah, like yeah, let's compare fully actualized human beings to a clump of
4: cells. Yeah, that's a real thing. It, it, it neglects the fact that most abortions happen well before there's a like a human thing in there. Right.
2: Well. You know, again, that's that whole, like, yeah, it's a human as soon as it's born sort of idea. And it's like, yeah, it's not. It's just not.
4: Well, it is a human as soon as it's born. Well, I
2: mean, I'm sorry. As soon as it's conceived.
4: <laughs> a... Sorry. sorry. Tom, Tom was, like, staring there with a katana.
2: <laughs> oh, <it> came out. <laughs> Quick, throw it in the air. Throw it in the air. I want to hit this one. <laughs> no, no, I'll get the next one. I'll get to, like, playing fucking oh. baby T-ball. It's... You're the worst person to have around the maternity <laughs> ward. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's not even the same thing as like you know he says like babies that are yeah. being slaughtered like yeah that's not I mean, it's just not a true thing, man. It's just it's just the
4: language, but it's that rhetoric thing, right? It's it's him using the the right language to get people emotionally
2: thinking about right. it, right? Because what it makes it sound like is it makes it sound like what you described, like. Like babies are like coming into the world, and like there's some fucking doctor standing there, like fucking Doctor Giggles, like,
1: yeah.
2: and <laughs> yeah. like fucking stabbing these babies. Exactly. They just have them right at the garbage disposal. And just throw you them know? right. They don't even do anything with them. They just throw them right in the garbage. Just like, hey, ah, yeah. whatever. Whatever. It'll it'll die Then for themselves,
0: throw them fucking on the top yeah. of a fucking mountain like Sparta. And the foundation of our society and culture, marriage, not only by which we produce the next generation, but it is the entity through which God has chosen for us to create the next generation and train them to be our replacements. And when we tinker with its definition, and we decide that it can mean anything we wish for it to mean, and that rather than to take a biblical perspective, we will take a very human one, and we will base marriage on human experience and desire as opposed to biblical standard, then I fear... That we will pay the consequences.
4: Well, so what are the consequences? People that love each other can get married. I'll take those consequences.
0: Yeah, I I
2: love the idea. Like, well, we're gonna we're gonna take into account the human element of it or whatever. Yeah, because we're human. Yeah, like that's what we should be doing. We're not a Bible. Like, I, are you a Bible? I'm not, I'm not a Bible. I'm a fucking human being. And like when I look at my life and I look at like how we should set public policy and when I try to think about. What is what is the only way that we can uh, legislate um, moral acts? You have to if you don't take into account the fucking human condition and what human beings want and how human beings live and act and breathe. And if you don't allow that shit to change over time, you're just like, well, what does the Bible say? I don't know. It's fucking irrelevant. So you're picking and choosing that particular passage anyway, because
4: there's plenty of passages right around there. Where they talk about all kinds of crazy shit that you can't say. Sure. This guy probably eats fucking bacon. You know, look at him. Oh, the guy
0: is fucking made mostly
2: of bacon probably at this He probably just dips bacon in a mayonnaise jar <laughs> and eats it. Hey, that was my lunch. Thank you very much.
0: For having upended the very foundation, which is the essence of how a civilization survives.
4: Oh, give me a break.
0: And so the soul of America... He's in real trouble.
4: Well, turns out America doesn't have a soul.
0: Yeah. And uh, I guess
2: like when America dies and goes up to heaven and God's like, oh, wait, aren't you supposed to be like a big chunk of the continent? (laughs) Get back down there. People. Fuck. I got to build Pangea again. Fucking that's just fucking (laughs) this whole thing is fucking stupid. And, you know, it's and it's also just not true when he's like, because our pulpits have been silent. Motherfucker. None of those pulpits have been silent. What are you talking about? Our pulpits have been silent. You know, it's like just as bad as when they're like, yeah, we're a persecuted minority and the fucking church has been quiet. Like, where do you fucking live? Where do you live, dude? The fucking church is the loudest thing ever. Constantly screaming about this nonsense. Somebody posted on Facebook today
4: with this story and said, at least he's consistent and he does consider... Life to start at conception, so it makes sense that that's a horrible thing, and he he compares it to Auschwitz, whatever he doesn't the person who posted it said they didn't agree, but it's logically consistent, and I can't disagree. I think that if I thought wrongly like he does that somehow that's a baby at conception, then I would be just as appalled sure but i and I actually do have you know my own limits based on what I think is viable outside the room. And I think that there should be some discussion of that. Uh, but it just feels like uh, this is, th- it's just too much. It's just, he wants to ban it all. I mean, you could hear what he's to say. He just wants to ban it all. Well, that's just, there's no room for that. There's no room for your ide- ideology here. Come back to the table with a more tempered view, a more understanding view of what women go through, a more understanding view of why women do it. And then we'll have a conversation. But instead, you want to talk about a two thousand year old book that most, that some people just don't even think is a real thing. Right. That is that is a magic book. There's a lot of people who don't agree that that book is magic, and somehow
2: you're going to legislate with that. Well, go fuck yours. Take that book and shove it as far as you can up your own ass. Look at El Salvador. Like we just covered that. What two weeks ago? Yeah. Right. You know, like a total ban on abortion in El Salvador leads to tragedy after tragedy fucking endless tragedy it's it's not a better society you're not building a better society and it doesn't so when you look at that shit and if it doesn't answer the question like how do we build the best most just society if it doesn't bring you down that path then it's fucking nonsense and you're not asking yourself the right questions so we're going to take a break and give you all the information you need to become a patron of the show we'll return in just a moment for the rest of the program
1: want to contact the guys Or click the link on the podcast homepage, and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per-episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big, heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock.
2: So this story is just sort of incredible. This is from the Raw story. Houston pastor refuses to bury 93-year-old woman who didn't tithe enough while in a coma. This is just a horrible story. Um, So this poor woman was 93. She attended the same church for 50 years. Um, And the fucking pastor was like, yeah, fuck, I'm not going to funeralize her in the church because she has not paid her fucking dues for the last two years. So I guess the fucking first 50 didn't count. And uh, Cecil, the, the thing that makes me nuts is that when confronted, the pastor says, "It says, sir, even though your church is closed on Friday and I've offered to pay the cost to have this funeral in your church, you're still refusing to allow this funeral for a member who has been part of this ministry for 50 years? The pastor answers, membership has its privileges. Isn't that the American Express logo? It's exactly what I was going to say. That's the fucking douchey, like, fucking entitled American Express thing, right? Like, yeah. you're not good enough for this shit. Membership like, has its privileges. Right. Membership has its privileges. It's not fucking a member of your fucking shitty-ass brick church in Houston. Fuck yeah. you, dude.
4: She was in a coma for f- a few months, and she missed the going to tithe there. And so the passer was clearly upset. But you should have saw how upset her personal trainer was that she didn't come for two straight months. They had even set up like they uh, they even had created their own little like workout of the day for her. And it's just 90 minutes of planking. But still, it's like they had created the
2: whole workout based on that. And she didn't show up for two months, Tom. It's fucking rude. I mean, the barista at Starbucks canceled her gold card that's it her fucking stars expired no fucking free drinks for her the first full
4: week she missed every day her drink was waiting for her just at eight seventeen, sitting there
2: getting just cold. waiting for her to walk While she in. fucking rudely yeah. lays in a coma yeah oh look at you unable to move think or breathe <laughs> Fucking selfish. <laughs> that's what that shit is. Uh, what is this site, this pimppreacher.com dot com, that they keep referencing in the fucking story? I have no idea, man. Like,
4: I kind of didn't want to click what? on it at work. I got to be honest with you. That was one of those ones that you're like, I don't know that that's going to be a good thing to find in my browser history if I get hit by a
2: car on the way home. Right? I did. I I actually found this story on my phone, and it's a corporate phone, so I was like, no. You know, I gotta—I don't know what your experience in the church was, but they couldn't tell who tithed. Yeah, it must be some sort of weird,
4: like, giving checks directly to the church. Because in the Catholic tradition, which is what I was brought up in, they pass a thing. And so,
2: unless you're paying by check, they would never know who gave. Right. Like, I remember they literally passed a plate, and my dad would put, like, ten bucks in the... In the plate, and it would just pass along, and it would be full of, like, you know, money and, like, cash, mostly. Like There were hardly any checks. Wait, Tom, you used to put money into the plate? Well, my dad did. Oh, shit. I've been doing it wrong the whole time.
3: Says it must be male and female. It must be opposite of one another. Everything in the universe testifies against the Sodomites and against the Sodomite gospel and
2: against the Sodomite Bible. So this story comes from Metro. Uh, former leader of gay cure group, Mary's male partner, also known as no shit. <laughs> so the former head of a group that claimed it could stop people from being attracted to those of the same sex has married his male partner. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, shocking. Shocking. That's something. That like my friend. Crap. Is called a curveball. That's what that is. <laughs> a curveball. I would have never saw it coming. Yeah, I love what he says in here. He says, I have believed in faith that something was going to happen, and it never did. And so at my age, right now in my life, I don't have that many good years left in me, and I can't live like this for the rest of my life. So I just said, no, I'm not willing to keep pushing after something that's not going to happen. So it turns out you can't will yourself to just be attracted to people. Um, despite his fucking efforts to get other people to just will wow. themselves to be attracted to other people, I think it would be
4: awesome if he still kept his job. So, like, if he was he if he was the leader of a gay cure group, and then he still married his male partner, but he's like, no, no, you guys keep trying. I couldn't do it; <laughs> didn't work. But you guys keep yeah. trying. I'm sure you can make it on your
2: own. I hear really good things. Yeah, awesome things about this. I mean, I wouldn't touch a woman with a fucking ten foot pole because ill cooties. But you know, you guys <laughs> definitely, you definitely want to just do the old switcheroo on the attraction cycle there. That's that's you just awesome. need a
4: few more years. That's the thing is, I don't have those years in me, but you guys do. Yeah, you're young, so you, so
2: you want to waste yeah. like like the years when you're when you're really the most vital, you know, and most yeah. energetic. <laughs> like those years where you're like most filled with passion. Those are the wasting years. Yeah, that's that's how you know. I actually I love it when this shit happens though because it just fucking sticks a big fucking pin in the balloon of this bullshit every time it happens. Yeah. Well, they'll just probably say that he's weak or whatever.
4: They this doesn't this doesn't affect them in any way. It certainly shows everybody outside of their uh, sphere of influence uh, that this sort of thing probably is. Harmful, And at least in this case, certainly did not take in any way. And it it confirms our bias already. It confirms the things that we already know about what's what what uh, what goes into human sexuality. But for the people who really, truly believe that you could pray away the gay, they probably just think he's weak or possessed by some homo demon or whatever is making him do it. By the way, I just want to say. The, on the right, for mine, the must-read section on the right of this page for Metro. What is this Metro UK? Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, the fucking loyal dog is still waiting at hospital where owner died oh, two God, years ago so is the sad. most
2: fucking depressing thing I read today. <laughs> it's so sad, but it's like immediately begs the question: like, it, instead of fucking writing a story about it, can't somebody just adopt the fucking I know. dog? the dog will go with someone else like it's a dog you know dogs are just i mean like my dog i think loves us but you know it also loves snossages you know what i mean like (laughs) it'll get in your car like yeah it'll get in your car it'll forget i
0: existed tomorrow can you believe what could be the world's most fearsome destructive weapon obama's third term not really that's what Secretary of State John Kerry is saying about global warming. It's been so hot this winter. Winter. I don't know where Kerry has been spending his time, but uh, maybe he's so wealthy they have a special house that's all uh, has tropical plants in it, so <laughs> it, he feels like he's in the tropics. But the rest of us has been cold as the
2: Dickens. This is the story is from the Raw Story. Uh, creationist Ken Ham. Climate change is Earth settling down after God punished sinners with the flood. Um, I think it's nice that uh, that that finally Earth is settling down. It's found a good, uh, it's found somebody good that that it wants to spend the rest of its time with, and I think that's nice. You know, it's sowed its wild oats settling with that whole flood thing, <laughs> like when it when it filled up with mystery water, right? And destroyed right. all life on the planet, um, and then it it in the itself- mystery water immediately just disappeared.
4: It put itself on uh, on planetmatch.com, right. <laughs> and it wound up
2: settling it's, down with Venus. It's finally moving moving away from Tinder and toward Match. Like, it's really looking yeah. for something a little more steady, you know? No more of these one-night stands with moons and fucking anything, you know, asteroids that just come and go. Yeah, it only takes it in the asteroid, really, <laughs> Right? To be honest. These, these comets just blasting into its surface, yeah. crater after crater. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Going home the next day unsatisfied, <laughs> totally ready to settle down. What it, his idea is that it settles down with, with because God made a flood and we look at the earth in such a way that we're looking at over it a longer time span, but we just got to recognize that God gave it a flood and now the earth is finally sort of getting, after 6,000 years, it's finally sort of getting where it needs to be.
2: Yeah, and this is and this is where the Earth needs to be. We know because this is where the Earth is now, right? You know, God said. And so, yeah. like, if you have the mindset that everything, like, that's what ha- makes me crazy about that whole like, well, everything happens for a reason. Well, that is a stupid way to think about the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, everything happens for a lot of reasons, mostly physical and chemical in nature, not fucking weird, jumbo nonsense, fucking metaphysical. Like, everything happens for a reason. Well, there's a reason that we're, you know, running out of clean air and water. Yeah, there is a reason. And it's not because Earth is settling down after the flood, you dumb motherfucker. It's because we're ruining the Earth. That's why. Because we're shitting on it constantly. And we will not stop doing it. And and this is the... the
4: Human beings basically have dominion over the earth and can do whatever the fuck they want sort of argument. Right. And this is, this is an easy way to to make sure that even he recognizes there's change. Yeah, exactly. Right? Even he recognizes that change is happening. He just is finding ways that he could biblically say that it's not a big deal.
2: Yeah, just trying to – what he's trying to do is fit the obvious into a worldview that does not actually have room for it by reinventing the narrative. That's that's all that he's doing with this nonsense. It's fucking, it's mental gymnastics. But it really leads into the next, the next uh, story, which is from Opposing Views. Most white evangelical Protestants believe Bibles end times cause natural disasters. You know, and it's like, if you believe this shit, if you believe that natural disasters are caused because of some, you know, biblical end times and not because just, earth right not because you know earthquakes are causing tsunamis or you know like the oceans are heating up and so there's more hurricanes or you know whatever the real answers are when you're just like ah the real answers those could be anything probably the bible end times like how are you supposed to give two shits how are we supposed to do the real work cecil that's necessary to solve the problems that we face like as a like environmentally as a world yeah
4: I, it's it's a sad state of affairs. I wonder if they think the polar vortex is part of the end
2: times too I'm sure they do right, because anything it all seems like it all seems like the end of the world i mean really if if you think the end of the world's coming, anything
4: could possibly be the harbinger of that. You could look to anything that would that would spark that i feel I feel like if you're going to have people using natural disasters as, as part of the end times. Maybe we should start putting evangelicals as the meteorologists
2: on news channels. That would be fucking awesome, <laughs> wouldn't it? If it's just like, well, let me give you a 10-day forecast. Nah, fuck it. We'll narrow that thing down to five days because none of us are going to be here after day six, if you know what I mean. I would tell
4: you about the weekend forecast, but uh you'll either be in heaven or hell at that point. So, so. yeah,
2: well it uh looks like the forecast calls for frogs and locusts, mostly frogs yeah. and locusts. So uh <laughs> get out your frog umbrellas. I hear London London yeah. Frog is making a fine umbrella uh-huh. to keep the <laughs> to kill London frog <laughs> to keep the amphibians uh, off.
4: You can only get those in green. <laughs> right. I don't know why. <laughs> the uh the it's a it's an alarming amount of people though believe this sort of thing and and the nat you know that natural disasters are caused the other thing you got to think about too when they think a natural disaster is caused by the end times how uh willing or reluctant are they to help afterwards that's something that i wonder about are they more or less willing to help the people affected by it because if it's the end times and it's God punishing us. Well, is God punishing those people
2: explicitly then? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean like if, if something like Katrina happens, is that what you mean? Like sure. you get a big, you know, fucking major event and it's like, well, why even clean up after it? I yeah, mean right? why even bother? Why why do I mean honestly, like if you really believe this biblical end time shit, like I here's what I don't understand, and I'm not I'm not really kidding. Why well, have kids? these people have fucking more kids than, I mean, they're just like constantly shitting out kids, like fucking shooting them with fucking t-shirt cannons across the fucking pews. I would be, I'm terrified for the future of my children. You know, like if I really thought it was fucking, it was going to be, you know, locusts with shiny helmets, like running around and demons with extra horns and shit. Like it would just, I'd be like, fuck that yeah I'll tolerate it myself, but I'm not gonna put other people through it just doesn't yeah, make doesn't make them seem like fucking mean?
4: yeah, it really feels like you're you're inflicting some sort of serious damage and trauma on your own child for no reason, I guess, but at the same time uh they are told I think that they need to make sure that they multiply, so
2: they have conflicting orders, i guess yeah, it's like it's like wouldn't you like wouldn't you wonder like? Go forth and multiply. What? Why would I do that? What? Multiply? Why? So I can, like, b- like bring a unit of suffering into the world? Like, what is the purpose of that? Like, it's not like, I mean, it's like the world is, it's like shit is going to turn into the fucking road, you know, and you're just like, oh, this would be a great place to settle down and raise fucking apocalypse babies. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
4: Apocalypse baby should be a Saturday morning cartoon.
2: <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to. want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I don't even know what to think of this story. This shit comes from the friendly atheist. Uh sought for murder, Indian guru was using his devotees as a human shield during massive siege on ashram. Um evidently in India fucking gurus are really a thing. Um, and specifically there was this one guru, Sant Rampal, um, who grossly enough was using milk that he bathed in to make a food. Yeah. Like a sweet food. It's called a kheer. Yeah. It's like I a guess? fucking rice pudding. I had to look it up. It's yeah. like,
4: I would only eat like four or five bowls. Of I that. mean, as
2: soon as I know that like this guy's fucking taint was fucking <laughs> bathing in my fucking <laughs> rice pudding. That's horrible, dude. You just don't want to get the curly hair. Oh, God. You
4: just want to avoid the curly yeah,
2: hair. Yeah, I, I, Of all the shit like that you've got to sell to your followers, you're like, yeah, I took a bath in that. Like, wait, you fucking bathed in my food. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 backwards. No, no, I bathed in it, and then I made it into food. Yeah, oh, then oh I made well, it then fuck food. me. I guess I'll eat oh, that. Yeah. What the it's fuck? Good. So weird. Yeah. It's so weird. It said he served the fucking weird body pudding um, to his followers, saying that it would bring happiness into their lives. Sounds like it's going to bring fucking weird armpit sweat and stinky fucking taint juice into their rice pudding. So gross, it man. I don't know
4: that it would bring happiness in my life, but it certainly would
2: bring the food to my fucking mouth oh God, afterwards. That's for sure. There has to be a day where you weren't following this guru, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, I've I've heard what this guy has to say. That seems, that seems pretty right on. Like, I can get my fucking beaded curtain and hippie shit on. Let's do this. Like. <laughs> Let's I, do it. I brought I brought my I brought my small novelty size guitar. I'm like, I'm ready to fucking yeah. partay. Yeah. And somebody's like, "Oh yeah, fucking here's some rice pudding. That guy was just like his fucking dirty ass feet were cleaning off of that." Wait, wait, what? You're
4: eating food? Uh, that guy squeegeed this pudding off of his fucking <laughs> balls earlier, so it's going to be delicious. I'd rather drink fucking eggnog. Are you kidding me? I don't go that far. <laughs> Well, this guy though was reprimanded by the police. So not like there was like a weird murder that he may or may not have been involved in, but the police wanted to talk to him about it. So they wanted to go after him, but he had insulated him with like like a bunch of his followers,
2: at least hundreds of them. Right? Yeah. They like he basically like holed up in his ashram, which I'm guessing is like a temple or a church for gurus. I'm not really sure. I think it's a spaceship. Yeah. uh, I mean, look at the picture. Yeah, like the picture, like he's doing like a fucking Vulcan thing. Like, he totally looks. You know what he looks like to me is one of those Hale Bop. Totally guys. does. He's got that weird, aggressively straight hair, and yeah. the dead eyes of the Hale Bop dudes. Yeah, yeah, man. It totally looks fucking Hale Bop. Like if they if the picture was broader and he had fucking Nike white Nike shoes on, it'd be fucking it. Um, but yeah, like in the and the followers. Like, the followers did, like, weird shit, like placing wheelbarrows of stones strategically in places in case they needed to be hurled. And the police found acid inside (laughs) the ashram and water guns filled with uh, gasoline. Were the police going to come in on horseback? Like, the only thing,
4: when they said wheelbarrows full of stones, the first thing I thought is, what are they, sieging a fucking castle? I know, man.
2: They're going to drop them through the murder holes? Yeah. Close the portcullis! Quick, chunk a pumpkin at them! <laughs> the police have arrived. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye! The honorable guy who bathes in our food is here to address. Wait, fuck, that's so gross. Uh, but at least like two hundred people were injured in trying to get yeah, this well, guy. They did get him, though, didn't they? They did. They got this fucking guy. Um, he had no. He had ignored. Dozens of orders to appear in court. Um and his and in and, and the compound had fifteen thousand people in it. That's bigger than the entire town I used to live in. Wow. That's a lot of people. It's unbelievable. Um scores of followers say they've been held there in captivity. Against their will. They said they'd been they'd closed and locked the gates inside the compound and would not let us out. Um, And this uh, senior police officer told Reuters the God man was using his devotees as a human shield. Man, it's a good thing he wasn't being selfish.
4: The people who have cults, we talked about this. I forget what we were talking about. But really, the people who have cults, eventually they just start thinking, hey, man, what else can I get
2: away with? uh, Right. Exactly.
4: And I think that at a certain point. You know, murder or something like that doesn't seem like it's too far-fetched for some of these people because they feel like they really are gods yep. i mean when they're treated like that it's hard for them not to think that they're untouchable that happens too a lot with people who are very insanely rich they think that they can do basically whatever they want too because they're so insulated by their money yep. they forget that they're an actual human
2: being absolutely yeah you know and, and at some point i think too that they start to believe their own shit yeah. you know because they're they're surrounded like they're they're in this like this constant fucking echo chamber right and like people are constantly telling you how awesome you are and like how you fucking save their life and like you know you're you're you have to feed them this shit so you have to come up with this garbage right and so like there's this there's this cycle that seems to like reinforce itself and part of me wonders like at what at what point does it does it cease being Like, the bullshit you know, and then start to be the bullshit you believe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where you're just like, yeah, you know, maybe I am. Like, maybe I am awesome. Like, maybe I am, like, actually, like, a god. Maybe I can do these. Maybe I have these powers.
4: want to thank all of our patrons of course we we really appreciate everyone who gives us uh, their hard-earned dollars but we want to thank specifically our newest patrons richard yeshua reverend jebus h slack slack attica yeah that seems like something slack attica sure nicholas and emily thank you all so much for your generous donations your money goes a long way to making sure the show is possible so thank you
2: all uh, we appreciate it greatly. Absolutely. You know, and, and the, the donations of our patrons, you know, they helped send us down uh, to Skepticon. We had a great time. We were able to meet some of the the people who uh, have the bad taste to listen to our show. Um, they, they're they going to help us uh, to match um, the, uh, the Dogma Debate uh, donations that we're doing for the upcoming show that we're doing on Dogma Debate. Um, you guys help make a lot of things possible, and we're, we're genuinely terribly appreciative. So thank you. Speaking of Dogma
4: Debate... Normally, we would produce a second show this week. Uh, This would be our on week to make an extra show. But we are going to be spending an hour on Dogma Debate. And we'd love for you to listen to Dogma Debate at 10 p.m. on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday the 6th. So instead of releasing an extra show this week, which would normally come out on Thursday, we're just going to have you wait until Dogma Debate airs us at 10 p.m., Save up your pennies and donate during that hour. We'd like to burn through two thousand dollars worth of uh hard earned dollars to try to make sure that we match you, so we'd like to burn through that whole two thousand dollars. so if you're listening during that time, you can donate during that time, and we will match your donation
2: yeah I mean, and hard earned like like hard earned for you, Cecil, but yeah, right, yeah,
4: I didn't do much yeah, just to be I, really I never clear. speak for you to. Yeah, I do, I don't
2: do two things. I don't speak for you or eat for you. Those are the <laughs> two things. You better not try to eat for me. I've
4: learned. I've learned. We want to thank the people though that we saw at Skepticon 2 when we thanked them at the beginning, but we definitely want to thank the people who uh who gave us some things and who who were really super nice to us. We got a bunch of drinks bought for us that evening. Um we just we just had a really great time. We want to thank everybody who came out and uh we are sending out a couple of shirts. We had said we were going to send out some shirts, but we're definitely going to send them out this week. So uh so thank you everybody who who helps support us. You heard at the beginning of the show an email that talked a little bit about uh the President Obama thing becoming the commander of the world or whatever from uh from Michael Savage. But Tom, hell in a handbasket uh sent us this message. <laughs> and I think it's 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 worth reading. This is this is also about him becoming Obama, becoming a dictator.
2: Hey, guys, I was listening to episode 192, where Michael Savage was fear-mongering about President Obama, and I wanted to point out that the United Nations doesn't even have a president. The head of the U.N. is the secretary general, currently Ban Ki-moon, and the position is described as being the world's moderator. He has no power at all. That's awesome. But works to persuade world leaders to take action on certain issues, speaks before the general assemblies and certain council meetings, and issues statements on behalf of the U.N., your assessment that this would be a step down from President of the United States is putting it very mildly indeed. If President Obama were interested in becoming a dictator, taking over the world or destroying America, you'd expect him to have been disbanding Congress Congress, like Franklin D. Roosevelt, invading and occupying other countries on paper-thin pretexts like both Bushes, Lyndon B. Johnson, etc., or making shadowy deals with enemies of the U.S. like Ronald Reagan. Yeah, President Obama is doing none of those things. The economy becomes stronger than it was before the two thousand eight crash, our GDP continues to grow, and by all measures, we're continuing to recover quite well from the Great Recession. President Obama has failed magnificently at acting as a dictator bent on destroying America and taking over the world. And he's only got two years left to make up the ground. Yeah. I love he's it. gonna have to
4: he's gonna really have to work, I think. I think he's gonna put it in overdrive for these. These last two years, though. Just yeah, get on the fucking ball, dictator of the world. I think he needs to create a whole new organization that's a better organization than the United Nations and then become president of that organization. There you go. Like a more powerful organization. What would, what would we call it? Like the League the of Nations? The League of Nations. That, I like I it. think. Yeah, that's a good one. Why does or he the do League that? of Extraordinary
2: Gentlemen. I think you could do that, and too. And Sean He's Connery extraordinary
4: can, yeah. can be on it. Him and Mitt Romney. Both of them are extraordinary there gentlemen. There you go. Be like an odd couple where they like have to stay in like a real world house for a couple weeks. They'll draw like a line down the center of the room. Yeah. Like, this is my side. That's your side. <laughs> so we got a message. Uh, this is from Andrew and he says, back when you guys issued your ice bucket challenge, I listened and downloaded the, the ringtone and applied it to my phone. He accidentally dropped his phone and had it sent in for service and picked it up on Tuesday Yesterday at a doctor's appointment, he accidentally left his, his phone on the waiting room. When he came out to sign the paperwork, the, the, the nurse had asked, or the receptionist had asked him if it was his phone, and he got a weird, and he said, Yeah. And they, they gave him a weird look. And I'm going to read directly. It says, as she, said, uh, as she said that, you have an interesting ringtone on your phone. I guess the guys at the service of the repair station found the ringtone and applied it to all ringtones on his phone. <laughs> so basically, his mom tried to call him three times while he was at the doctor, and uh, all they got at the doctor's office was a long black cock.
2: I love it. It wouldn't be the first long black cock they've seen. That's right. That's, they never feel ashamed at the doctor's office. That's what I always say. So
4: we got a message from Chris, and Chris said, hey, I sent you stuff, and you didn't respond. So uh, this is us responding to the stuff that you
2: sent. Yeah, we weren't ignoring you on purpose, Chris. We just uh, ignored you. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's alright. We just we get a tremendous amount of email. We can't for, for a variety of reasons, we can't cover all of it. Sometimes actually we'll record something that we're intending to cover from an email, and it won't make it to the final cut of the show after it gets edited through, just for space reasons or what have you. So um I apologize if we didn't uh we don't want you to feel left out though, Chris. So this is your shout out.
4: Yeah, and, and like this we'll be cut from the show, so we'll get <laughs> <laughs> We just got an interesting message from
2: Cassandra, Tom, and Cassandra talks about uh, cultural relativism. She says, Hi, Cecil and Tom. You both frequently rail against cultural relativism in your show, and I feel like I should, as an anthropologist, correctly define and explain cultural relativism to you, since it is such a misused term. Cultural relativism doesn't mean you can't judge other cultures or that every group's way of doing things should be seen as equal. It does mean that we shouldn't assume that another group's way is automatically wrong or worse than our way just because it is different. This term was used by anthropologists to explain the need to step back from their instinctive reaction to people from another culture behaving in a way that caused discomfort and try to understand the reasoning behind the behavior in the context of that culture. This was done to try to eliminate or at least reduce ethnocentrism in our work and to allow us to understand the cultures and people we study more. I agree with you that the way most people use the term is complete fucking bullshit. Just so that is clear. So I really appreciate the uh, the academic uh, definition of cultural relativism. I think when we um, rail against it, I think we're railing against sort of the colloquial, you know, bullshit terminology, which is probably not even remotely accurate. But I appreciate the clarification.
4: Yeah, and I think that sometimes we mis- we we conflate moral relativism and cultural relativism and i think that they're they're different so i think that sometimes we 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 misspeak when we when we refer Absolutely. to it. Too. I know i do for sure. Yeah. So this week like we said there isn't going to be a midweek show but we are going to be on david Smalley's show for an hour dogma debate 10 p.m. central time saturday the 6th. Uh you can find us there we're going to be recording from glory hole studios there's going to be ways to contact us i'm sure. Please bring your pennies to donate to Foundation Beyond Belief. We hope that we can raise some money for that organization, and we hopefully we're going to have a great time talking to David Smalley. I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. We're going to be back in a full week with another episode. But until then, we're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed.
2: Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit.